This is the Get Healthy 360 podcast, where we discuss topics related to your physical, mental, psychological, and spiritual health. Your host is Dr. Chris Ferguson, board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and you should consult your primary healthcare provider before making any decisions related to your health. And here's your host, Dr. Chris Ferguson. Oh, one more thing before we start. If you like this episode, please consider rating us five stars. We would really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Today we have with us Dr. Kevin Buford. He is working for the U.S. military. He's board certified in psychiatry, addiction psychiatry, child and adolescent psychiatry. But today what we are focusing on is what is an introvert? And if you are an introvert, what are some coping skills that or things that would work for you, whereas those same things wouldn't work for someone else? So Dr. Buford, thank you for joining us. Hey, happy to be here, Chris. Awesome. So do you want to start out with defining what is an introvert? I think the best definition or the simplest definition from what I can gather is an introvert is one who gathers their energy and their recharge from inside, from self-reflection, from isolation, from, from solitude and thinking upon things. Whereas an extrovert is more energized by the outer world and connecting with others. And I think really that's the big distinction and everything else is kind of a variant in between. I would say my baseline is more of an extrovert. I get energized when I'm out with people. If I have a project, I recuperate from that project by finding another project to do or finding more Mm -hmm. people to hang out with. Right. Yeah. And then for me, it's, it's the total opposite, like getting together for this interview. I'm like, I'm thinking about the whole process and I can add value to your audience and stuff like that. But after this, I'm looking to decompress and binge watch some Supergirl or something like that (laughs) to regroup and recharge. So So what are some of the misconceptions about introverts? I think some of the biggest misperceptions are that we're shy. That's a huge one. That we're snobbish, that we're antisocial, that we're not assertive, that we're not good leaders. Those are kind of some of the big, big ones. And that we don't even like to connect or hang out or socialize. We do, but we like to do it in doses. So my impression then on what you're telling me is maybe some people I thought that were a little bit snobbish in the past, really, they were just quiet and didn't really want to be in large groups. Perhaps. They still could be snobbish now. but Or maybe they were just snobbish. They could be, but, but maybe underneath all of that, what appears to be snobbish is actually guarding their energy very selectively, how they want to interact with others. Let's talk about introverts as leaders then. What would yeah. an introvert's leadership style be versus what an extrovert's leadership style would be? Well, I think the biggest differences are going to be that the introverted leader is not going to be the one to necessarily pound the pavement and give the the State of the Union address to call people to action and ignite, let's go take the hill. They're going to be the ones that are going to be the more reflective types of leaders. They're also going to be the ones that give their subordinates and colleagues, they value more of the autonomy versus pushing and motivating people to call to action. They also are more focused on the relationships or kind of the bigger picture, the sum total of its parts. So it's those types of things that I think are going to separate those from more of an extroverted leader. And here's the thing about it. I mean, if you would look at the research that's out there, the peer-reviewed and non-peer-reviewed, the level of success of an introverted leader is on par with an extroverted leader. But it would seem that the people that would typically get the promotion is the people who are out there going to social functions, who are very vocal during meetings. And it would seem like an introvert might be doing a great job, but it would be easy for them to just be passed over. 
Oh, absolutely. Because especially in the Western culture, we paint the broad brushstrokes of, hey, you got to go out there. You got to be charismatic. You got to connect. You have to be in the public eye to succeed. But if we look like if individuals like Barack Obama or Warren Buffett or Steve Wozniak or, or some of those things like that, or even Oprah, they have been able to be successful by adopting another blueprint. So let's contrast the introverted to the extroverted leader. So what would you say are some of the strengths and weaknesses of an extroverted leader? I think some of the strengths of the extroverted leader are those that, hey, they can motivate people with the call to action. Those who weren't um, initially um, ignited to move, they can move them from point A to point B. The other thing that I see is that, you know, you have an identified person unto which you can unify a, a cause around to move things about. Their visibility, their energy is palpable when they're in a the room or, or when they're commanding an audience. I think those are some of the, the, the attributes that a lot of people see value in. However, I think their kryptonite or their Achilles heel is the fact that a lot of these leaders have tendencies because, again, everybody's going to be on a spectrum. And introverts and extroverts are, are not a monolith. There is a tendency then sometimes to act too quickly without necessarily getting all the information. And then sometimes you're going to have to backtrack and look at some things differently. Case in point, I would challenge that the whole thing in 2008 with the crash of the stock market were based on very bullish, very assertive, very extroverted tendencies. Go for the goal. And then the way we got out of it, potentially, I posit, is that now we have to do some self-reflection and some analysis. And I think that's one of the shortfalls of, of what the, the extroverted side of the house is. To summarize then, so the strengths of an extroverted leader, if someone is looking to either put someone in that position or they're looking for someone to lead a company, the extroverted mm-hmm. leader really is, they're going to take charge, act quickly, but they may miss some of the subtleties and they may not really take everyone's advice or maybe be a little bit too aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. I envision them as, because I'm a geek as well, I envision them as the Iron Man. <laughs> All right. They're Iron Man. Yeah. Whereas the introvert is, is more on the lines of the Batman, the Superman and the Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that you would say Batman's an introvert. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just- so what are the strengths and weaknesses of an introvert then? Oh, okay. So here are the strengths in my mind of an introvert. I think the thing about it, we are able to really process things and we really have a way of looking at and analyzing things. We're focusing more on the quality of things, uh, the quality of relationships and associations and things of that nature. However, it's almost like the reverse, the kind of the yin-yang, if you will. I think our drawbacks are the facts that, you know, sometimes we wait too long to make a decision. Sometimes we're stuck in this paralysis analysis. And also kind of the speed unto which we make connections can send off a vibe that we're not willing to engage in. And then we lose that momentum. We lose that traction. We're not usually the best also it inspiring people to action as opposed to giving them that sense of autonomy. But you've mentioned, say, Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. um, Steve Wozniak, um, yeah. etc. When I think of Oprah, Oprah has fired a lot of people. It's hard for me to picture right. Oprah as an introvert. Okay. Why, why is that a challenge to you? Um, well, because she's on TV and yeah. is talking to lots of people. She can command an audience. She has a huge following. Right. That's my misunderstanding of what an introvert is and how an introvert functions. Right. Because here's the thing, again, it's not based on this whole notion of shyness. It's not the fact that we don't like to interact and engage in public settings. It's the spirit of which we do it, the quality of we do it. And if you really look at Oprah and, and how she makes those connections, it's through relationships. And if you look at a lot of her interviews and things like that, the thing that 
is the skill set for her is her speed, not her speed, but her quality of all of those different connections. And so that's, I think, that's what you see with Oprah. But at the same time, when you're looking at all of these different, say, parties, these red carpet invitations and all this other stuff, Oprah is usually not there. And the same thing could be true of, say, a Beyonce. Beyonce, she goes hard and performs at a high level. But there are going to be these other times where you see just very discreet, intentional pockets of socialization. I'm still wrestling with with the differences between, say, an introvert and extrovert. It's kind of clear, but not clear to me. Yeah. So Oprah, like, or someone like her, they're out in the public eye, they're doing things, but they still just need their downtime. So you were saying that, say, like Oprah, as an introvert, or introverts in general, they really reflect on things and focus in on the quality of those relationships. But I can think of extroverts that do that as well. Yeah, so absolutely. So what we're talking about is when we're looking at the difference between an extrovert and introvert, we're talking about core tendencies because I can't just plop down and say, hey, Chris, you're an extrovert. So you're going to do everything chapter and verse as an extrovert would do. You will have some introverted tendencies like a reflection and analysis and stuff like that. But if we're looking kind of at our core constructs as it relates to how we get our energy and how we relate to others, that's really the big difference. And the thing is, we're able to, on a core perspective, um, do things. But then there are some times when we're able to make adjustments for situations. Case in point, yes, I'm a psychiatrist and yes, I'm an introvert, but also I am a leader of an organization of over 100 people. And I'm responsible for the entire country of of South Korea when I'm working for the Department of Defense. That requires me in some ways to interact and engage with leaders. And I have to do that in an intentional way. And that means I have to turn on and heighten some of those things with engagement and speaking to others and being out there. But the other percentage of my time, the large percentage of my time is focused on intentionally seeing how I can package and structure and strategize for the greater good. We're not a monolith, but we're talking about what the core tendencies of an individual is. That's interesting. So I'd appreciate your input on this. If I have a busy day or a stressful day or a long day, if I get Mm -hmm. done, I'll unwind by going out with friends and doing things. Whereas my wife will unwind by taking a bath by herself for however long she wants to take a bath for. She just needs that quiet time every day. Right. So she's, I would say, then a classic introvert. Yeah, so I would say that from the standpoint of more times than not, that is her tendency for recharging. Mm-hmm. Then I would say so as well, because there are some times, Chris, as an introvert, that I like to hang out with my friends and unwind, but that's more of the exception than the rule. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So as a leader, then, the message I'm getting is if you're ignoring the introverts in your team because you don't really understand them, you're giving up half of a very viable team. Oh, absolutely. I would totally agree with that because of the way that they process things and the things that they bring to the table as far as like looking at the maybe some of the nuances of things. I think you are leaving a lot of um, currency on the table, political, not political, but personal currency on the table. And people are the engine that drive organizations and leaving that ability on the table is not good for anyone. So what advice do you have for leaders? First, how do they identify introverts? And then what are the things they can do to best work with them? I think the way that to best identify that you have introverts on the team are just let's just say case in point. I think the easiest way is a meeting and meeting and tendency. So if you're looking at some of your higher performance and like, say, they make the numbers and all this other stuff. And in a meeting format, when you open up the floor to these individuals and there's this tendency more times than not for that person to speak up, that might be an indicator. 
if you see that same person that you're inviting out to like all these mixers and they seldom even come, but their work performance on the other side of the balance sheet is fine, then that might be another indicator. So those are kind of some bigger things. Or if you're trying to engage with this person in small talk and all of this other stuff, they're not really engaged. However, when you're talking about the work or the bottom line or what this means for the organization, and that's when they chime in, those are some kind of those key in, those key in, indicators of that you have an introvert in your workforce. And what's interesting then is some people in a workforce, they may not want to make that personal small talk, but they'll just mm-hmm. talk about work-related things. Right. But that may come across as just a little bit rude or they're not engaged when really they're just an introvert and that's how they function. Yeah, that is a great possibility that um, that's the case. I know we've been talking about all these different layers of diversity over time in, in the workforce. I mean, yes, we, we first started off with an all-male workforce, and then we started to pivot. You know, during the industrial age, World War II and stuff like that, we incorporated women in the workforce. Then the next evolution started to be, well, now how do we incorporate minorities and gender and stuff like that? But I think one of the final frontiers that we need to now look at is personality. We start to tweak that. Then I think we're really going to get a little bit more traction um, as it relates to the evolution of how we can optimize um, an environment for people. On a purely business and monetary perspective, if you are leaving out half of your workforce and not engaging them or interacting with them in a way that works for them, that's a huge loss compared to a company that does or an organization that does. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm going to throw out the challenge that the engine that drove the train for Apple was not Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs promoted it. Wozniak was the guy with the ideas. Wozniak was the guy who created the structure for all these products that we have in the place. That's a big statement. Hey, I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts. So, no, I, I'm very interested in if you could clarify that point. Just expand on it a little bit because I'm sure you've thought about it. Yeah, so I am a fan of, of Steve Jobs. I'm, the, I'm a fan of his vision. I'm a fan of the products that he made. And I used to be the guy that, okay, he's going to say something great about how we need to transform and, and shape interface with our society using the technology. But if you really go back, I don't know how to spell his name, but if you put Steve Jobs in next, next to Wozniak and, and do a variation of it, Google will straighten it out. You will start to see that this guy is the one who actually came up with the actual products that Steve Jobs was able to put into being. So Wozniak had the blueprint. Jobs had the vision. But what I'm not saying is Wozniak could have done it alone. They both needed each other. And I think what Steve Jobs had was very keen on is understanding that other side of the table, that other 50%. And I think it's not that well known, but Steve Jobs, he didn't know how to program. He was not the tech guy. Exactly. But he was the vision guy. Sure. That's why the team really did so well. Right. And then I think on the other side of the fence, we have Bill Gates. Okay. Bill Gates, I think, is up there with Warren Buffett are are probably more of our greater talented introverts. I've never seen him as shy. I've never seen him as an interview come off as he didn't want to be there or anything like that. He seems like he's very firm, very resolute in what he wants to do. But I think the thing that that paired him off in his organization as he grew is to have those other individuals, other extroverts to kind of help galvanize things. So now that office is the standard in our business applications. So offline, we were talking about how if, say, a manager wants to reward one of the people they're managing, they'll say, oh, I'm going to throw you a big party and invite everyone you know and get you a big cake. (laughs) And for some people, they're going to say that's great. But do you want to comment how that would go over for an introvert? Uh, That would not go over uh, as intended. I would think in a lot of times. Sometimes me as an introvert uh, myself, uh, those are the times that cringe from, I run from, because that's not celebration. That's another chore. Thanks, boss, for giving me another chore, another task. 
um, now that you want to package in you, from your aspect, from your intent to celebrate me. I think a lot of introverts kind of feel the same way, whereas probably the better thing to do is have maybe a more intimate setting or actually target into what really matters to them most about a reward. It's not a, necessarily a public thing. It's more of a private and meaningful thing. I think that is more value for most introverts, not all, but most introverts. So let me ask you this then. You're very upbeat. You sound very outgoing for this interview. How did you prep for this interview? (laughs) There was a lot of mental energy that I expended. I I looked at what your site had to offer. I looked at your message. I listened to some of your podcasts. I really focused in on how can I hopefully add value to what you do. And I also understand your presence in other media outlets as well. So I focused all of my energy on that. And so that kind of got me excited about talking to you. And plus, this is actually a topic that I enjoy. Now, if we're talking about some random topic or some random behavioral health disorder, this is going to be very boring for me. And it's just going to be like, I'm not going to do anything. But that's how I'm able to get energized and amped up for this. If you were to see me in public and say you want to hang out and stuff like that, I'm not the guy. I'm going to be looking at you up and down and seeing, okay, how is this going to be better than me watching some anime in my (laughs) or Naruto? (laughs) So I'm getting that you really value that down quiet time. Oh, absolutely. And to me, this is a purpose and a value. So that's why I'm energized when engaging with you, because I like your message and I like what you have to say to the audience. Well, thank you very much. So as a physician or business leader or even a lawyer that's managing or whoever, you're working with people. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other thoughts or insights on how to identify introverts and then really how to work with them the way they want to be interacted with? So it just kind of comes back to the things that I was mentioning before. It's just like uh, what drives those individuals in that workforce? What what gives them energy? How do they best function? Also, it can be from the standpoint of I know a lot of organizations have these cubicle forms. And yes, that's supposed to enhance, you know, cross dialogue and all this stuff. And we're all about team, 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 team. Let's get together and brainstorm and stuff like that. If you see those individuals in these brainstorming sessions, disengaging and things like that, that might be an indicator. Then the thing you might want to do as opposed to labeling them as a not a go-getter or an employee of lower worth is give them a personal pro give them an individual project with specified more concrete tasks, give them the autonomy and just as a test and then see how they thrive in that situation. And if you get the desired results, more likely than not, you might have an introvert on your hands that, that focuses in another manner. So those are maybe some telltale signs. And what advice would you have for the manager? Because I have seen this happen where you have great managers, great employees, but the manager will come in and make the comment of, well, this employee is kind of standoffish. They don't really talk about like their weekends or their personal lives. Like they just want to talk about work. And other than that, they just kind of head down to the keyboard or head down to the work and ignores everyone else. So uh, it could be as simple as, hey, what matters to you in this job? What motivates you in this job? How do you best work individually or, or together? What is your vision for this job? Or the or another thing you can do outside of just talking to them. I mean, there is this quiz online and it's uh, scarily accurate uh, called 16 Personality Quiz. It's kind of like a, an indirect way of looking at if you're an introvert or an extrovert and kind of breaks down the analysis of what this person looks like. And then maybe even looking at that and then matching that up with the person that you have in front of you. And then as you have been experiencing that individual reading that and see how it compares and contrasts. And then from those things, because there's an area on there that actually talks about the work environment, just having a dialogue with that employee and say, you know, this is what I'm understanding about you with this. Does this resonate with you? I think that's a great idea. And then what advice do you have for someone who is an introvert? They want to advance in the workplace. I would guess they're probably doing a good job if they're listening to this podcast because they want to get at functioning in life. What advice do you have for that introvert 
who's working almost in an extroverted world. So this is not your get-out-of-jail-free card for you to just be an introvert and just be holed up and say, hey, I'm an introvert, world, bow and adjust to me. I have to say I really appreciate you saying that because some people will say, well, I'm an introvert, so I can't do X, Y, Z. Right, because right now I'm thinking that most of your audience works in a Western world. And in the Western world, what's valued more is kind of like uh, the assertiveness, the uh, being in the public eye and things of that nature. So you'll have to learn some of those skill sets. But how can you learn some of those skill sets and apply it in your workplace while maintaining your authenticity? So you might have to do it in spurts or pockets. And you may have to start to look at how you can balance the economy of your energy to do that. Because the reality is the Western world more, more celebrates, rightly or wrong, we're just saying what is, rightly or wrongly, more extroverted traits. But once you start to get the end from those extroverted traits, then that might be your sale. Then to talk about some of your more to sell more of your introverted traits that you have to offer at the table. So my takeaway from that is really, yes, someone is an introvert, but that's not an excuse. They really need to develop some qualities, but learn how to use their energy efficiently. Correct. And I think if you can do that, you can also get the inroads on what you can bring to the table, you know, as an introvert with your ability to, to process and, and develop these relationships and, and things of that nature. To me, we're on a continuum and we're locking key. I think that introverts need to coexist and, and cohabit with extroverts because I think we can benefit. We're stronger together than individually. It's not an us versus them thing. I think both need to bend to each other for the betterment of all. You have a lot of credentials, as in psychiatry, addiction psychiatry, child and adolescent psychiatry. Have you coached people who are introverts and how to become more extroverted? Or maybe that's not the right way to say it. How to function in an extroverted world being an introvert? Yes, I have. I primarily coach people from the standpoint of, of me being executive. But what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to pivot into the space of where I can do this outside of my organization. Yeah, that's what I'm very excited to do at this stage, because while I am a psychiatrist, I am going to be honest with you that this is still uncharted waters for me. I'm still approaching this as a first learner, if you will, because in the psychiatry realm, we've been so focused on disease that we've lost sight of the wellness piece. And so, yes, I have. I'm, I'm still learning to grow and develop with that. And I am looking to create a space where I can reach out to my fellow executive um, introverts, set them up for the win. Because it seems like if they could just better communicate what they need, if there's an introvert and they have a boss, not every boss is going to be so in tune with their needs. So if that introvert could modify their behavior or give suggestions in a tactful business-like way to their boss, that works out well for everyone. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm looking to carve out a space to do that. And I'm very excited about that opportunity uh, moving forward. And And I'm looking to take clients. Fantastic. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Unless you have any other final thoughts or things you want people to know. The final thoughts that I want people to know is that introversion and extroversion, one is not better than the other. We need to celebrate each other and you might be in between. So we operate on a continuum. And so this is just to shed some enlightenment on both sides of the house. That That's really my parting words for that. I think what really resonated with me and helped me understand things is the the way people recharge versus their ability. Right. And this has implications not only in the workplace, but in childhood development and your personal relationships and and how you even just interact and navigate through life. I'm sure parenting children is a whole other thing if you have an introvert versus an extrovert. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother beast. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) So if someone wants to get in touch with you regarding advice on how to better function and how to maximize um, your career as an introvert? Because I don't think there's a lot of literature out on that. How can people get in touch with you? 
So the best way people can get in touch with me currently right now is through Facebook on KB the Imperfect. I'm in the process of structuring up my website, but you can always drop me a private message there. What I'm looking to do also on a weekly basis is to drop some insights on introvertedness along with just some aspects of just the psychological phenomena in general about how we navigate life. Fantastic. And we'll include all of those contact information in the uh, show notes. Dr. Buford, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and visit the Get Healthy 360 Facebook page. We are always looking for feedback and new story ideas. Thanks again, and see you next time.